Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, this is Succession. This is HBO. If you don't want to hear me talking about Logan Roy, talking about then don't listen to this. There are bad language words in this show. Hello, and welcome back to the fucking pirates episode of Slate Money Succession. Yes, we can say that word on this show. Um, I am Felix Salmon of Axios. I'm here with my colleague Emily Peck. Hello, hello. I'm here with Elizabeth Spires. Hello. And we have the best person to talk about succession, Claire Malone. Welcome. Hi, good to be here. Claire, introduce yourself. Who are you? Um, I'm a staff writer at The New Yorker covering media and politics. Oh, yes. And, and, what, you, and what you do is you just media gossip, which is basically <laughs> all we do on this show. So... Um, this was intense, man. This was a very complex piece of filmmaking. Uh, my wife, I have to say, loved it. She couldn't stop talking about how wonderful she thought the acting was. Um, Emily, can you give me like the TLDR? Just give me the 30-minute the, the catch-up of like try and explain what happened in this episode because it was complicated. Yeah, well, I'll give you the 30-second catch-up. That's probably more like a minute. So... The first episode of the season, I came out here on this podcast and I was like, this is great. All the kids are together. They're united. They're the Rebel Alliance, <laughs> as they're told by Connor in this episode. This is the episode where that all falls apart and falls to shit. And basically, Logan warms his way back and breaks up the team. That that would be my TLDR. He, he, the, the sheep that he separates from the flock is Roman. Roman, yes. And I would also say he... He separates Roman. By the end, Roman is like going to be the new leader the new of Sid. ATN, the new Sid. But the mistake he also makes is giving Tom that divorce advice, which sets Shiv off on this like on the notion that she has to bust up the Gojo deal. If he hadn't done that, if he hadn't screwed with her divorce, the Gojo deal probably, I mean, by the conceit of the show, the Gojo deal would have went through and it would have been fine. But no. She had to sort of like get back at her father for that, you know? We, we open this episode with Shiv going outside in some upstate New York no location um, to take a call, being told that all of the lawyers, all of the divorce lawyers in New York have been conflicted out. And we get this incredible facial expression from her where she's just like absolutely furious. And we're like, okay, someone is going to wind up cut. And then she gets on the, the gets on the horn with Sandy, female Sandy. So I love how Sandy and Stewie just became Sandy and Stewie, but a different Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I like them as comic relief a little bit in this episode. Yeah, just like vultures, basically but trying even, to get a little even, bit um, extra money. I was thinking in the first episode that uh, Carl and Jerry and why am I forgetting the name of Frank and Frank have also become like. You know, in the Shakespearean tragedy, they're sort of like the clowns. Like they're kind of yeah. always like grouped together now, <laughs> yes. and they're like, I mean, they're doing they're doing real things, but they're also they become more side characters who mm -hmm. are doing who are being goofy. Yeah. yeah, and we're getting interesting pairings. It's like Carl and Frank always like are always seen next to each other. Now we get Jerry and Hugo are suddenly like <laughs> hanging out, giggling at Carrie's audition tape. Oh, Carrie's audition tape, so bad. Wow, <laughs> poor Carrie. <laughs> Does she not know it's bad? That's my question. Everyone wants to break the news to her that it's bad, but 
I don't think when she you do does. something, she's, she's, she's really, she's very, she's, she, well, she walks around very confident after she does it, even though everybody's whispering about her behind oh, her back. Yeah. And she seems confused when Greg tries to sit down with her and explain diplomatically that she, she needs work. Ah, uh, the Greg diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> the TV arms. My arms? The TV arms. TV arms. <laughs> <laughs> so we should. Yeah, talk about like the the sort of business conceit yeah. of this show. Yes, let's get serious. Which is that Sandy and Stewie want more money for Waystar Royco from Gojo, and they think that Gojo is underpaying, and that if they just showed a little bit more cojones or backbone, or whatever you want to call it, then they could extract more money out of out of Gojo, which. They then have to persuade the kids to get on board because otherwise they don't have remotely enough votes at board level. Um, that pans out as a um, as, as a motivation for Sandy and Stewie since they're like passive shareholders and they just want to maximize their ROI. Um, it seems pretty obvious that you know the kids are getting. A billion dollars each. If they get one point one billion dollars each, you know, it's like they're not going to. It's it's not such a big deal for them. So if they are going to vote against the deal, it's not what they keep on saying, which is this is just money. It's just a sensible financial decision. Like clearly, it's not clearly. They need their own re- their own sort of personal, familial, Shakespearean. Like the whole theme of the show reasons. is like, what is business and what is an emotional decision, and it's yes. all get, right. it all gets mixed up. And and the scene which I think really sort of stuck with me the most was when Kendall gets that phone call from what's his face at Gojo. The Swede. All they, they all just kept on saying, you want to squeeze the, Madsen? the Swede? Madsen. Madsen. Yeah. Madsen. That's his name. Um, Kendall gets the, uh, a call from Madsen, and Madsen is very clear. He's like, you know, I am not going to pay anymore. If you want to try and negotiate this up, I will go away. And he doesn't do that in a way that seems like um, he's bluffing. It seems like he's telling the truth. And immediately... Kendall's like, okay, now I'm going to start negotiating upwards, which basically says to me that Kendall wants this deal to fall apart. He does not want this deal to happen. Consciously or subconsciously? Consciously, because um, where we left season three was with the three kids desperately trying to make the deal not happen and then being overruled by their dad. Now Kendall has realized that this is a way for him to get what he wanted at the end of season three, which Ooh. is for the deal to not happen. Interesting. And then he can come back, f- find a way back into the... Or whatever. Like, the point The point is that, like, when we... Somewhere between the end of season three and the beginning of season four, the kids kind of came to peace with this idea that the company was going to be sold, they were all going to become billionaires, and they should just have to wind up having to do something else. But clearly they at least... Well, not clearly, but in, at least in my reading... Kendall hasn't come to peace with that, and he would still rather not do the deal. So you think he's like an internal saboteur? Yeah. Yeah, there was also some tension with Metzen in the last season where they weren't getting along, and I think there was some ego issue there, too. You know, he didn't like being bullied by Metzen, and the tone that Metzen was using with him in that call was very much, you know, putting Kendall in his place. That's how I read it, as Kendall just being like, well, no, I just want to fuck this guy over, kind of like. <laughs> I, I didn't think of him, Kendall having any strategic long game in trying to bust up the deal. It was more like, I'm just trying to mess with Matson and prove to him that I can or something. You can't bully me. But you are absolutely right that Shiv's motivations are clear. She's yeah. just really annoyed about the divorce tactics totally. on the part of Tom. Well, she brings it up like three two or three other times in the show. She she uses it to ro- to tell Roman, to get Roman on her side. She's like, look what dad did to me. And I think she, again, in the big scene at the end of the show, she brings it up again. Like, yeah, she and she also, clearly gets really upset speaking of the acting, like her nostrils start flaring and she looks, doesn't she get so like yeah. emotional? Yeah. She also draws a parallel between the way her dad treated their mom and mm. where in, the, in this analogy Shiv is being treated the same way as one of the, With the divorce attorneys. attorneys. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and talking about how Logan treats his ex-wives. <gasps> I know what you're going to say. Say it. He 
institutionalized Connor's mom? He put her away? He that's, locked her up? Yeah, that's what they said. That's what they said? Yeah. Where is this woman? I, when no. I was, okay, yeah, that's the first time. The whole, like, Connor, the Connor of it all towards the end, I was like, yeah, we've, oh, wow. We have, Maybe never, we, can... we have never heard about Connor's mom, but, like, is Connor's mom going to turn up at the wedding? I also was wondering, I was like, what's the sort of, um, because they're always kind of making allusions to real world things. And I was like, what is this? Because, like, mm. Rupert's first wife wasn't, like, a ra- like, she was, like, a st- all I know is that she was, like, a stewardess, an airline stewardess when they first met. But I don't really know what happened to her. What I did think of was, like, Shelley Miscavige, like, yes. the, the Scientology lady. I was like, oh, yeah. what's, like, what's going on? Because it felt very Victorian, like, you institutionalized her. Yes. But the Connor of it all was so, I think this episode and the first episode of the season like R- Roman has become a little bit of the voice of business reason. Like if Shiv and Kendall are acting emotionally, Roman, who's who's had a lot of interactions with Madsen, right? He feels like he kind of has his temperature mm-hmm. is sort of saying like, no, I know this. Like yeah. you know. Roman has that, that mm-hmm. line where he says to Sandy and Stewie, so we vote yes tomorrow and we all make billions of dollars or we vote for your cool shit and dad disinherits us entirely. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's kind of understood the stakes here in a way yeah. that the other ones but haven't. Totally. Yeah. And what's we- So I think the shift, if you look at the, the arc of the series, the shift of Shiv and Roman, to me, they've kind of completely switched places in my brain to where yeah, yeah. Shiv started out off as sort of like the sympathetic figure and Roman was just like absolutely out there like disgusting. Yeah, he was the fuck up and she was the one who was apparently good at business. And now they've they've totally switched where I feel sort of sympathy both from a practical level and an emotional level for Roman because he's sort of trying to be sensible about the business stuff, empathetic to Connor in his time of need. And Shiv, I mean, last episode, Shiv basically like said she was getting divorced to kind of seal a business deal. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like she was wavering before that Nan Pierce conversation. And then she was like, no, I'm getting divorced, you know? And, I, like, I feel like she's sort of, sort of totally sold her soul to be part of the the family that I've just seen, like, a, a role reversal. Like, I find Shiv very off-putting now. I think that's right. We have we have some very interesting, genuine, like, character arcs going on yeah. here. Interesting. I, I think there's been foreshadowing, though, about Roman coming into this more serious role since season one, though. He has this glib, superficial, you know, surface personality thing, but then there are moments where he's the voice of reason, even even from the beginning. Uh, but they're just escalating now, and I think this is where he finally gets peeled off from the other siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He hasn't been... Shiv's been betrayed, like, in the first or second season when her father says she's going to run the company and then takes it back. And then in the last season, when Tom, you know, sells her out to her father. So she's been like betrayed twice. So I feel like she's lost. She's lost her ability to love and trust. And I don't think Roman, (laughs) I don't think Roman has. And we know Connor pretends he doesn't need love anymore, but... He well, does. what do we make of he that does. amazing monologue from Connor, which is like, my superpower is that I don't need love. It, it's telling on himself. He 100% needs love. Like, he begged Willa to marry him, and he's so relieved when he gets home and she's in the bed. He, he does, it. but he, he's also correct whenever he calls the other siblings. He says, you're all love sponges. Yeah. You're, you're all needy love sponges. and and you Because he, he's not wrong. You know, and, and in some way, they're, each of them, you know, a lot of the decisions that they're making really built around whether they want to screw over Logan or get him to love them. Yes, <laughs> yes. And he says, and was that the first time on the show he's, Logan has ever said, I love you to the kids? Because he said, I've, I don't recall him saying it before. That's a good question. I feel like he's maybe said it before. But what was so interesting to me about the whole setting of him saying, I love you, is that there was an obvious business purpose yeah, for sitting there and saying it. So, like, maybe he meant it, but also... Like well, he's we have, forced into a corner. Yeah, to say we it. we have him, you know, finding out about the kids talking to Sandy and Stewie, and he's sitting in some conference room at ATN, and Kerry's like, "Do you want me to shout? The, phone them up and shout at them?" And he's like, "And he, you can see the wheels turning." And he's like, "No, this one I need to be a bit more subtle and delicate about." <laughs> this one I need to go so to that, karaoke that, so, place. <laughs> so that was that was subtle and delicate, Logan, that we saw there. You know, trying to trying to meet them on. On, on their ground in, in that uncomfortable karaoke spot where, you know, Connor had recently been trying to sing a Leonard Cohen song. Oh, my Incredible. gosh, the Leonard Cohen was oh so Oh, my God. Good. <laughs> it's a good song. He was doing okay. Connor, ha- Connor has a better singing voice than Kendall. 
Oh, yes, Kendall's, yes. Wasn't, Kendall's wasn't terrible. He could like, <laughs> but it's also such a nice touch to have. You know, Connor say something like, "I want to go to karaoke. I've seen it in movies." Yes, and it, it's his life is so far removed from any normal persons that just no, we're not normal seems... normal people who like sweat with their hands and bleed from their balls. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my quote. Down. To the, you know, I want a real bar with chicks and guys who work with their hands and sweat from their hands and. Have blood in their hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So and drink good. Belgian vice beer, but not Hoga. <laughs> no, that was a great line. That was a great line. He's wonderful. I I did like that the, the the episode ended with Connor getting another dimension. Like he's and that and Alan Ruck is such a good actor because he is he's he's craven and in, in a way too as like all the other siblings are. But he is sweet, right? We have all the details of him, like, taking the kids on a fishing trip when Logan yeah. wouldn't. Like, being, you know, being actually a good older brother and, like, putting up with a lot of abuse from them. My theory is that he had a few years of normalcy with parents. Yeah. Be- be- he, yeah. There was must have been a few years where they weren't super billionaire rich family and yet. Bef- before, before his mother was institutionalized. His mother was sent away. <laughs> Oh, my God. And also I want to note um, the turnaround of Willa, who in season one, everyone was like... She's basically a prostitute and we won't talk to her to now where Kendall is saying, Connor, you're not doing better than Willa. Yeah. Like they're like, no, this is as good as I it mean, the, for you. the three kids who are, we always, always just talk of as the three kids because we always forget Connor. The yeah. three kids are still incredibly rude to Connor. Yes. Right. And Roman is talking about Willa finding some like, you know, young dick. <laughs> and, and I think at one point he calls him Potus Grotus. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but Connor... Um, <laughs> You're absolutely right about this, Claire, is now at least elevated to the level of, like, he gets some good lines from the writer's room. Mm. You know, where he's like, I'm a plant that grows on rocks and feasts on insects that grow inside me. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) And all the kids are like, whoa. (laughs) It's definitely more than, like, what we had last episode where he's like, you know, I'm afraid if I go below below 1%, I'll be a laughingstock. Right, yeah. That was good, too. I like that, too. (laughs) <laughs> but also, wait, also Connor snitched. I mean, Connor was yeah. like, yeah. Connor's the reason why Logan ends up in the karaoke, in the karaoke room. So yeah. I also was like, oh, Connor's like everyone's kind of showing their motivations here. Right. Like the pe- the characters who were behind the scenes like Carrie. Oh, now we know what Carrie wants. Carrie wants to be on TV. We know Connor needs more money for the campaign. So he like wants to he wants the deal to go through. I kind of liked that there was a little bit of like Connor, Connor, like lightly getting into play. Let's have a quick ad break and then talk about Carrie and whether it makes any sense that she wants to be on TV. This episode of Slate Money is brought to you by Wondery, which is a podcast company, and it makes a podcast called The Best One Yet, and it is a daily podcast hosted by Nick and Jack, who serve up three of the most interesting business news stories every day and why you need to know them in just 20 minutes. Do you want to hear about the $100 wedding dress that saved Abercrombie or which real tech acquisition is like Game of Thrones or the one financial equation that can finally solve climate change? That's the kind of stuff you find on The Best One Yet. So be in the know this year by starting your morning with The Best One Yet every weekday. Follow The Best One Yet on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. And for more deep dive and daily business content, listen on Wondery, the destination for business podcasts with shows like The Best One Yet, How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more. Wondery means business. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So as the media reporter, Claire, can you, does, does this idea that Kerry wants to be on TV strike you as remotely plausible? Like she has this unbelievably powerful de facto number two position at the top of ATN. She's in all the meetings. She gets to, you know, shout at anyone she wants. And she's like, no, I want to like demote myself 18 levels to become an anchor. It is very strange. Also, she's, I mean, how old do we think Carrie is? She's not like a young, like young woman. Late 20s, I would say. I think she's in her 30s. I think early 30s. Yeah. Because that's, so I was also like, you know, she's not like, she's not like a young bumpkin. Like she's, um, and also like to become, to become a Fox News personality, like TV news is so, you got to go up through the farm leagues. You got to yeah. do local news. You have to like present yourself. Um, also weirdly, I've, I noticed because of Carrie's audition tape, I was like, there's not a lot of blondes. They're all, I mean, Shiv is obviously like the strawberry blonde exception, but a lot of the women, like, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, brunettes. Like there's not a lot of, I guess, wait. On ATN? Yeah. Like, That's have we weird. Seen, That's have we very seen unfocked. a lot of, maybe I'm, maybe I'm like not recalling this well, but I was also struck by like, Carrie has like blunt across bangs and like brown hair. And there was just something very C-suite about her look and not like. Be on TV, you know. She's she's kind of the the look even was off to me. Like she looked strange in a pink dress. She she's always looked strange, right? That haircut is deliberately strange on some mm-hmm. level. Yeah, yeah, it's very harsh and yeah severe. And not TV anchor. It's not, no. it's not <laughs> no. like some like classic TV blow dry. I mean, for a start, I think if you're a TV anchor, and I don't cover media, but I think you have to be able to read clearly off a cue card. <laughs> And she did it. It was so funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's. Pl- I don't think it's plausible. I think probably Logan knows it's not plausible. He knows. Yeah, that was uh, his conversation with Tom, where he doesn't say that. You know, you and need to tell Carrie. Kind of they just like eyebrow. look at each other. <laughs> that was incredible. I was yeah. like, would I get this message? I don't know. Like, I, know. I need to be told things. And when when the uh, when the kids <laughs> say to her. You've had your betrayal, cherry popped, you know, and she. <laughs> that was like a, that was a great that was a great bit of like sort of facial acting from her. But I I am kind of curious about the writers' room decision to do like why not elevate her to more of like the advisor track instead of but but do because the, because we the, already have you know the Frank and. Jerry and like yeah, adding another person at that level doesn't also help. wait. But if they're rejiggering. ATN to be uh, more like fucking pirates, like and Carrie obviously didn't react well to <laughs> to Greg's uh, feedback. What what's she gonna do to Maybe, him if the focus group doesn't exist? Peel him like a string cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Take him apart like a human string cheese. Which you did kind of think. Well, he is a human string cheese. It's <laughs> a, a good line. But maybe she could still find a way to maneuver herself onto the new ATN. Like maybe this storyline really isn't. Yeah, I thought going maybe away. part of the the plot point that she wanted to be on TV and then would be sort of humiliated by her own performance was a way of knocking her down a peg because she sort of w- without really establishing it very much became an advisor to Logan. And, you know, sort of tries to punch above her weight mm-hmm. a lot in a way that's a little bit grating. So when Greg confronts her, and it's it feels awkward to hear him confront her, you know, she says she dismisses him entirely, partly because he's Greg, but also because she thinks that she has a better handle on what Logan wants than anybody else. Well, I, I, th- I think she, at least when we saw her in episode one, like really controlling the birthday party, had definitely stepped into the role that we that Marsha had in season one. Yeah. Right? Yes. And no one has had that job. No one's had that kind of um, spouse slash business partner partner position. Yeah. And and Carrie's yeah. And this is why I'm like that is that is a great job to have if you're Carrie. It does not make sense that you want to be talent. No. Yeah. You have you have so much less power. Like now you're putting yourself at the mercy of the underlings that you. Yeah, and, and it was Kerry, by the way, who had that amazing line last last episode about, oh, Marsha's gone shopping in Milan forever. <laughs> forever. 
<laughs> All the women just disappearing. I know. Ooh. It's really true. I, I was very sad that Marsha didn't come back because I loved Marsha so much. And yes. I really, after season one, I was like, please bring back Marsha. But um, I am happy that Sid is back because Sid is amazing. Well, we I haven't really seen long. much of her yet. Well, we don't know how long she's back. We if have to dig fired. in. We have to dig in now to the visit to ATN. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Logan's like Henry V moment. <laughs> yes, he gets up on the boxes, which. Um, I remember when Rupert Murdoch took over the journal. I was there, and he also stood on the boxes. It was That's a like classic the same Rupert thing. Ma- yeah, one hundred percent Rupert Murdoch thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he gets up, and he, I was like, yeah, Logan, yeah, like I was into <laughs> it. If I had been in the newsroom, I would have been like, yeah, I'm a pirate. So spicy, like so true. We didn't get that news. I'm gonna make them turn around in their cars or whatever he said. I love that the boxes also made Logan exactly Tom's height. <laughs> Tom stand next to him. It's lucky Greg wasn't there; it would have towered over both of them. <laughs> I loved it because it it was like just as media people, you know, you get the business guy stands up and he's like, "We're up." What did he say? We're up five percent for the quarter or something like that. Three percent week on week in the like, demo. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. fifteen. It was perfect. It was so good. And Logan understood like that no one is motivated by this or cares. Um, and the real life parallel of that is after Fox sells to Disney, oh. Rupert spends Rupert ends up sp- and Roger Ailes leaves Fox in a in a in a cloud of that we all remember. I think Rupert then when they when they spin the two companies away from each other, Fox New Fox and um, News Corp. I think Rupert ended up spending a lot of time at Fox News after Ailes left. Mm-hmm. So when he yeah, says, yeah. like, Ru- I'm going to be here, yeah. like, I think that ha- that's supposed to be like ab- Rupert post-Ailes. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Like, um, the the replacement for Roger Ailes was Rupert, Rupert Murdoch, Murdoch. <laughs> which everyone was incredibly happy about. Yeah, but yeah, it didn't seem to have much make much of a difference in the run-up to 2020 or anything. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you know, on some level, Rupert can do things that no one else can do right when when um when logan gets up on his pieces of paper and says and and says like you know i want us to be reporting the stuff that no one else is willing to report and basically gives not just the green light but an order to go you know and push those like journalistic ethical envelopes and to you know blow them up to smithereens we're fucking pirates like that is you know he does it in a really compellingly charismatic way and he does it in a way that like if sid said that it wouldn't work you need to be logan in order to do that right give people permission to uh say the spicy stuff the fucking pirates line I just like cackled. That was the one. It's not even like it's not like the cleverest line, but just the delivery. I was like, this this is such a funny moment. And also to bring the media reporting back in, my mind right now is so in the Dominion trial, Fox trial that's going to start in two weeks. And so much of this to me was, you know, after the insurrection happened in January 2021 and some, you know, Fox Fox was some, you know, some reporters were sort of saying like this is what really happened here's the truth and now we know through all these through all the discovery in this lawsuit that the executives were freaking out about ratings and saying we need to offer them comfort food to me this is kind of like what fox actually did after january 6 which is like just like lean more into the hardcore like tucker became more and more tucker more and more right wing like when when logan says we're gonna be fucking pirates and it's gonna be spicy i think that's sort of meant to be like the the new era of Fox News. Also, who's the who's the candidate now for the GOP? The, the, the young Nazi, racist guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's, it sounded like it's like not Mengele, but it's <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> it sounded that. like it. Yeah. Mencken or something. Mencken. Mencken. Yeah. Mencken. But Mencken is like you know the sort of like neo Nazi guy, mm-hmm. and they were gonna. I think they're sort of gonna try to remake ATN or in that. That model. And he's going to bring Roman in, and, and he's Roman, bring Roman in. So, so he does have discovered Mencken in yeah. a way, right. and he does have yeah. So Roman has fascist tendencies, you know. <coughs> and <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean seriously. Yeah, like, no, no, yeah. that's definitely the yeah. So the, the Rupert, the Rupert is to Roman. So Rupert is to Lachlan as Logan is to Roman. Because Lachlan is supposedly more, much right, more right wing. Kendall, yeah. Kendall is to Roman. No. 
like the the it's the it's the Rupert Lucklin relationship, right? Oh, Where Rupert okay. Rupert is slightly more realist, like he supports Tony Blair if that's going to do him well in the UK. Whereas id, basically. whereas Lucklin is like the actual right wing true believer. Yes. Um, and what you have at the end is Logan really understanding the news business and saying to Roman and saying to Roman. You are not Pierce. You know, you can buy Pierce, yeah. but this is not you. This just does not fit with who you are. And you, what's the actual word he uses? He's, he's like, you, you're not Pierce. Smart people know what they are. Yeah. And he's like, if you come here and you take over the newsroom and, like, I can see that pirate in you. Because there is an element of pirate to Roman, totally. right? Um, clearly, um, Roman is a better fit at... ATN than he than he would be at PS. And what is also obvious is that Logan understands TV news. He understands TV journalists. He understands how to get them up and motivate them. Meanwhile, you know, we have that scene at the beginning of the episode where Kendall's watching PGN oh and God. saying, a show about politics called Inside Baseball? How fucking confusing is that? <laughs> and like none of them have a clue. And he's like, we let's let's do like Sub-Saharan East and Sub-Saharan West. And like they're all morons. And like, you know, all they can come up with is Substack meets Masterclass meets The Economist meets New Yorker, right? They can't come up with anything smart. They have no idea how to commit news, mm-hmm. especially not on a sort of for-profit basis. And Logan is in his blood. He knows how to do it. And it's the Fox News. There's from his quote, he said, um, so spicy, so true. Something everyone knows, but no one says because they're too fucking lily livered. That's like, say the racist thing. That's what that means. But it's it's also the classic Nick Denton thing, right? He's like, I Mm. want Gorka to be the stuff that everyone says in the bar after work. Yes, and look where that got him, too. <laughs> well. <laughs> For 14 years, it went pretty well. Pretty well. Legend. It worked until yes. it didn't. Yeah. But that's what that was the message when, when Logan said it. That's all I was thinking was just like, oh, the permission to be racist, basically. Right, which is actually what the New York Post is doing right now. You know, if like the the New York Post has gone full like anti-trans and like really sort of like weird right now. There is like yeah, I mean, I was watching that again. I was thinking like, what is the conservative media turned into during the Biden years? And it's like everything is now hooked to that's woke. So like when Silicon Valley Bank fell apart, they were like, it's the diversity, equity, and inclusion people's fault. Like Silicon Valley Valley Bank was like, you know, a, a, a victim of wokeism, not with, like the with, actual with, technical with its, explanation. So with, like, <laughs> with this executive team who was all white men, but yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, like, like to me, that's what I was like. Oh yeah, this is kind of what Fox does, or like what these other conservative satellite channels and networks do. It's like everything is about like is sort of the knee jerk. Uh, contrarian argument and that's what ATN's thing is going to be it's like the mainstream thing is that here's the thing that is like a little bit a little bit funny right like 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 Trump is actually a little bit funny when he's you know on one that's I think what they're kind of aiming for the um the line at the beginning that foreshadows this weirdly is Roman when he's talking to the his his two siblings about what they're going to do with PGN. And he says, prime time, we go full clockwork orange. (laughs) Which, like, you don't go full clockwork orange on PGN, but you totally can on ATN. Like, that would work, right? And that's actually what Fox does, right? In prime time, they go full clockwork. That's, that's, um, what's his face with the bow tie? Tucker. 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 Yeah. Yeah. What's his face with the bow tie? (laughs) Yeah, Tucker's, um, he's gone full clockwork orange. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, texting with Lachlan, you know? We should have another break, but when we come back, I want to talk about this Gojo deal and whether it's going to happen and basically what is coming up for the rest of this season. Well, I want to ask about the like the deal, like our prediction for the deals and everything. Like what happens with if Gojo drops out, if, the, if that deal falls apart? Yeah. And Kendall's maybe to go with your theory, Felix. Kendall's maybe like working to to sabotage it from within. 
what happens with the Pierce sale? Like what? Like well, there's what's... no Pierce sale. So clearly. so everything is just kind of like we're we're back to the original yeah, season we're, one. We're, yeah, like, season one, episode one. We're back. Right. Like, we're kind of clearing the slate no. a little bit. Is that what this no. moment? Is that but is that what this moment's supposed to be? No. It's so kind one, of like... one of the one of the thing one of my sort of overarching theses about Succession is that nothing ever actually happens. Like. Yeah. Like yeah. my like season two, when we start season two, the big cliffhanger is like there's this proxy battle and who's going to win the pro- proxy battle. When we end season two, the big cliffhanger is there's this proxy battle and who's going to win <laughs> win the proxy battle. Like the like the the actual corporate stuff that happens in succession is almost nothing. There's a lot of talk about we're going to buy Pierce, we're going to sell to Gojo, we're going to have you know we're going to lose the proxy ballot battle to Stewie, but like it ne- nothing but ever Logan's, actually happens. But Logan's going to die. I mean, I haven't seen any more of the episodes, but this is well, my he's prediction. Not step he's step down voluntarily. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, you know, you've got amusing about mortality on episode 1, and if like if the only way anything is going to change is if to me it's like if this guy Goes away, yeah, which goes is, away, but right? I think I think nothing's going to change. I think we're we're going to end without any fundamental change to the corporate structure of anything. Um, <laughs> although I have to share, I fully disagree. I have Ooh, to share. I you. have to share the. Um, all right, what what you think we're going to actually have an event is going to happen? Well, I I believe I've heard the show's creator tell me his name. Jesse Armstrong. Jesse Armstrong, I believe, has said we can't call the show Succession and not have it pay off. I yeah. someone has said that, so I think it's going to pay off somehow. I feel like they put a lot of work into setting up this ATN spinoff, especially yeah. in this episode. So it would be weird to me if that doesn't happen. And it seems like I don't haven't done the vote. I don't. I haven't whipped the votes, so I don't know how many <laughs> votes are needed. But um, it, it does seem like Roman's not going to vote. You know, he's going to vote with his father. Yeah. So well, there was that last board meeting, you know, with the no yeah, confidence vote where Roman puts yeah. his hand back down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I kind of feel like maybe the Gojo sale does happen. I'm not. We don't have to bet. Money well, in the on credits, it, but we, you know we how could. in the credits it used to be there was like an ATN anchor like talking on TV. Yeah. Now in the credits, there's a little phone with like an app, like a <gasps> streaming app. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe the season is all about like the streaming app. Again, that's the credits. <laughs> I, <love laughs> no, that. um, I, I should I should jump in here and, and talk about my my favorite theory about what happens in this season, which I got from a certain um, Eighth Avenue kitchen appliance on Twitter, which um, <laughs> which which is that none of the three kids are Roman's biological children. Logan's biological children. Right. What, what, Wait, what? if they if they find out that like <laughs> that's like days of our lives meets succession, <laughs> they're actually his twins. So wait, so who's like who's are they? <laughs> they're what? just like people, like they're random. Just... And that, that's like that gives that gives Logan the ability to just like disinherit a lot of them, basically. I think he dies. That's wild. Theory. I think he dies, and that's like so. Wild. I listen. I listened to the last episode, and when Jim Stewart mentioned, or maybe you, you guys mentioned at the end, the like. The theory of what could pot- potentially happen when Rupert dies, and mm-hmm. like, okay, if this season is building towards yes, the deal, but also like a- an election, like, what if mm. things get too crazy at ATN, and the siblings decide like we can't let, I guess Roman, run it in this crazy way. We're gonna try to take it over and turn it more Pierce. I don't know, like something about the, mm. like, does does anything get too crazy on ATN and like a like will there be a January sixth type incident? Mm. Maybe Naomi Pierce takes over ATN. Naomi Pierce, <laughs> I, man. <laughs> like Kendall's Maybe. personal life. Like what happens? I, I just, there's so many loose ends that I'm kind of like, how are they gonna tie all this up for me in? Yeah, did they ever actually break up? It just sort of petered out or something. After I can't that remember. Party I can't remember. Yeah, how did it end? He like yells. He. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm oh, sure. oh, oh! Um, Kendall and Naomi. Yeah, how did they? Yeah, end? They, they just you know fizzled. Roman is he actually divorced now? I mean, Kendall is he divorced now? Is he like in the process of getting divorced? Oh yeah, he's. I think divorced. he's divorced. He's he divorced. Okay. Yeah. Kendall might die. Sorry, I shouldn't like I should stick to the episode, but now I'm just thinking like I feel like someone has to like this show has toyed so much with like Kendall's life. Yeah. That I kind of feel like something happens with either Kendall or Logan. 
but like in a Deus Ex Machina kind of way. But the, but the immediate question is like, what happens tomorrow? Because we have um, Logan saying that he wants to jet off to meet Madsen with Roman, yeah. um, and also you know on Connor's wedding day. Like Connor, come on, are you really going to schedule your wedding day for the day the deal's supposed to close? <laughs> Do we think anything's going to happen with Connor's presidential bid? Like Especially given, if, 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 <laughs> no, but if ATN goes in this direction where, you know, it, it does seem to be building toward Ooh, an electoral yeah. scenario. There, there is I literally no way. Aww. Like, remember how Connor keeps on trying to persuade Logan to, like, you know, support him mm. on ATN. And Logan's just like, you are a fucking yeah, doofus. No. There's no way. No. You are not serious people. You are not serious people. Devast- exactly. Tr- true. True. And <laughs> devastating. Truer words. Wait, so so... The, the episode ends with with Logan saying he's going to delay the vote, right? Or yes. is and that so they're going to go basically calm Madsen down. Delaying right? the vote though, that's I don't think Madsen's going to like that, and he didn't even call me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he called he's, everyone else. He, <laughs> he was buttering him up, right? When he says like all the people I respect don't get enough sleep, sleep. I yeah. was like, he doesn't respect Kendall. Come no. on, he's just right. he's just trying to flatter him. But he's also like sitting there in his nightshirt being a little bit like up late at night. Because remember, he's in like Italy, right? He's in his like villa in in, Lake Como or whatever. He's in Sweden or wherever it is. Like Gojo is a European company. And it's already, what is it, like 10 p.m. or something in in New York. So he's clearly just being insomniac at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like was his call strategic or was it just like unhinged a little bit? You know, it was unhinged strategic. I think it was too, because like, isn't part of dealing with Madsen is like they're they're so used to dealing with like Wall Street types, mm. and he's a totally different tech type, but also weirdly unreadable in a way of like, is it strategic? Is it just like his odd affect? Is he Elon Musk? <laughs> is he like is he, yeah? Like is he but, just but a Logan, narcissist? Right? Like yeah. Logan is much. It's like openly rude about him um, at this point, which is interesting because like. You know, he wants to sell his company. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think it's he thinks not, maybe. that dealing with Matson is beneath him. He doesn't view him as a peer, and that's yeah, at least not the way that he does the Pierces or you know more established. Now I'm feeling like the deal's not going to go through. I don't I think it to... will. I really no, don't I'm think sti- it will. I'm sticking with it. What I said. You it's think good. it is going to go through? So what's then? What's the complication? for the rest of the season if the deal goes We're through. only two episodes in. That's <laughs> There's lots of stuff to, to do and yeah. talk about. There's divorce drama. Okay, so, all right, first uh, of all... What happens at ATN? Does the wedding happen out? tomorrow? Wow. I, I think, yeah. We're, yeah. She was in the bed. She's going to go through with it. And right? But something yeah. weird will happen. At, like... Isn't it supposed to be like a spectacle in the in like at like the Statue of Liberty yeah, or feel, something? I, yeah, like, no, I feel like Will is not going to put up with, with that. She has a bit of... Far. <laughs> it all feels so real. <laughs> but Will is, I think, you know, Will is oh beginning. Like, yeah, she's she's obviously having her like last minute wobbles, which a lot of you know brides to be have and grooms to be. Like that's you can't normal. be jumping for joy the whole time. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, what's that? What's that wonderful line from from kind of fuck? She's in the East River. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she's on the bridge. <laughs> Yeah, that was a great exchange between Connor and Shiv where he's like, it's a factory setting. And she's, it's not. Because <laughs> he's, you know, doing the find my on his phone for her. It's it's not. <laughs> but yeah, she like, you know, she she knows what to do. She just goes into the bathroom for 40 minutes, disappears off, has a few drinks in Williamsburg and comes back and prepares herself for the she, big day tomorrow. She also got, I don't know if you guys noticed this, much more blonde and mm-hmm. much more like her aesthetic is much more political wife now. Yes. Like she's really, she le- they're really rich. leaning into it, you know, yeah. like clothing wise, yeah. appearance wise. She looks like she fits in now. That's what I was, exactly. yeah, that's trying to say before. Like she's like, her arc is like fully converted to the billionaire side. Like she can't just walk away from this now. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, like her little friends on the stairs look so different from her, you know? Capricious bag. The, the big like, <laughs> I guess it's a, Rehearsal dinner is the yeah. night before the wedding, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it seems to be Willa, her gaggle of female friends who went to the bathroom with her, the three siblings who turn up late because the helicopter was cancelled, and Connor. 
and no one else. You're sitting in, at like one table in the middle of the four seasons. Um, and and like that's, you know, that's just like the, the that shot of Connor sitting at that big circular table with no one else at the table just feeling completely friendless and alone. Where was yeah. Logan? Did Logan ever show up to that? Dinner? Yeah, why didn't Logan show up to that? He just doesn't care, I guess. Such yeah, a he wasn't there. He went to ATN instead? Yeah, yeah he Roman was... reminds him that the wedding is the next day, and Logan's like, eh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at ATN. By the way, what was the thing, I, and I can't remember the line where Tom is like, tell me every, when Logan's like walking around the floor, and... Tom is like, tell me everything that he's doing, Greg, with his face. Oh, and he's like, it's like if Jaws, what is it? Like if Jaws. It's like Jaws, it's, everyone in Jaws worked right for, for Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> okay. He's just terrifyingly moseying. It looks as if Santa Claus was a hitman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's just kind of walking around, but with a slight sense that he might kill someone. Oh, and he and Logan when he's peering over the sh- the shoulder of one of the yeah um, the poor employees he uses I I like like he basically calls him an apparatchik but uses a better word for stachavonite? it stachavonite yes stachavonite yeah I was, was going to ask what is what does that mean oh stachavonite means um, basically he's being sarcastic right like so a Soviet like the the idea the Soviet ideal was if this stachavonite worker I think Stakhanov was this famous worker who was like. Um, you know, could do the work of a hundred men and that kind of thing, and everyone needs to be a stakhanovite and work very hard. And he was just like, he, "All you're doing is drafting a single email, and that's all you've been doing the whole time I'm here." You know, he's a fucking stakhanovite over here. <laughs> but it was funny because like Logan's so obviously displeased with ATN, or maybe performatively, performatively displeased, right? But right. then he gets up and makes the crazy speech, which is why it's such a good moment because you're like, he starts off as Jaws and he ends up as like. I don't know. <laughs> it, it is it is very weird to me the way in which Logan veers wildly from like almost dead and or like having his sort of kinglier like yeah. you know UTI episode to being you know to being like as I say like Henry V and being like this great like, leader of men and incredible charismatic you know only competent person and I do feel like that's a hard act for the show to pull off like they can't quite work out whether he's mentally all there or not he clearly was in this episode yeah yeah it's like a back and forth and then yeah he's got to die by the end right I think so yeah it's just like they got to pay that off someone has to die <laughs> like in every great TV show someone has to die someone has to die it's just like how are they it's to me it's more how many episodes like 12 episodes it's 10. like Chen, okay. Are they going to have like a Sopranos-esque ending? Is it going to be... Sounds like he wants to make it more satisfying, like a more... I hope it's a little bit fan service. I don't want Sopranos ending, but I don't need it to be six feet under and literally everyone die. Yeah, I, I just think ruin it'll be, six feet I under. I think it'll me. be fan... I think it'll be fan service. Like, it, it seems like they have a good... Like, it's like whenever you're writing a piece and you're like, you write the piece, blah, 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 and then you're like, fuck, how do I end it? And like I think they've, and that's I think they've thought through the ending. Like yeah. I think they probably, in the writers' room, started being like, okay, how does this end? Yeah, right. Because you kind of have to. Well, the payoff comment makes it seem like they want a tight resolution. That's that's very clear. I think so. There's a slight chance I've made that up in my head. The payoff comment. <laughs> Someone has said it. No, I think it sounds. I think it sounds right. Yeah. Like he. <laughs> I actually here, maybe here's the plug. I think he did an interview in the New Yorker with uh-huh. uh, with us. So, but I I don't remember what he said about <laughs> so, <laughs> a bad employee. So we need. I want to talk a little bit just in terms of like television about the back to back multiplayer scenes, like the first one in the bar with the four children, and then the second one in the karaoke um, spot with the four children plus Logan plus Kerry. Um, both of which were just incredibly complex in their sort of choreography and their writing um, and full of the kind of thing that you can only do when people have been watching, you know, 30 plus hours of this show already and they know these characters and you can convey things with just like, you know, a raised eyebrow. And it's... It, for me, like this is this is where the all of the sort of golden age of television stuff really comes into its own. That, that you you know you can't do that in a movie because you don't have enough time to develop the characters in that kind of way, and and you don't have 
a 10-hour season that you have the luxury of being able to spend probably, what, was like 15 minutes just on those two scenes. Mm-hmm. And and they're just beautifully written and beautifully, like, emotionally acted. And, yeah, like, well done, you guys. But it's even, like, I, I rewound a couple of times because I, I watched this, like, late last night. And I was like, when when Shiv, when they have the kind of like uh, Stewie is like waiting outside in the car and he's sort of like pretending to be like a, a taxi driver. And then they have the, the conversation where I think it's the first time that they give you the details of how they think the price is misaligned, like they're paying too much. Yeah. And I was like, wait, did I miss the like, did I miss like why Shiv wants specifically to do this deal so I rewound and I was like no you're just supposed to know that like she has this emotional reaction she calls Sandy female Sandy and it starts this chain reaction and then they explain the details to you Mm -hmm. which was so interesting to me because I was like in some ways like to what you're saying Felix it's like you can only do that if it's like this is we had we had a bunch of deal talk the first episode and the rest of this episode is going to kind of unspool it for you but it was I was not that it was confusing, but I was like, I did feel like, oh, did I miss something? You know, or like, how much should I know about why she wants to do this? It felt, it felt subtle in a way that is kind of golden age of yeah, television. Yeah, I think it's it's written with the assumption that the audience is so invested in this show, which is which they are. You know, it, yeah. it definitely has that kind of following that they'll wait to reveal things that you know a lot of viewers would not really sit with right. on other shows. Right. The same thing with um in the previous episode. The reason, and I didn't really like cotton to this when we when I watched it. The reason Logan was so out of sorts, or one reason, was because the kids weren't there, and and like that was upsetting to him. Right. And and they pay it off in in this in this episode when he literally just says that out loud, and and you know it's true. Like you saw how he was, and he really did miss his kids. Yeah, but they didn't feel the need to make that the kids like, spell the it kids, out for everyone. Yeah, no, the kids definitely were. You know, deeply upset at the end of season three because they had tried to prevent this deal and they thought they could and then they discovered that they couldn't because Logan had done this deal with their mom. Um, but Logan, like from his point of view, was just like doing a deal with their mom, mom and getting his deal through and that's what he does, right? He didn't do it to fuck off the kids. He didn't do it to estrange the kids he wants those kids by him and when you know roman texts him he's like this is great and then like the minute that roman shows any sign that he might be willing to talk he's like come on in i'm gonna put you in charge you know i love you guys yeah and i think that's probably real yeah and and um oh and when uh shiv was like you know how dare you do that thing with you know conflicting out all the lawyers He's. I think he's absolutely right. It's like if you if you'd asked me, I'd have given you the same advice. Yeah, which is a little kooky if you ask me. You have to pick a side, right? And in, in the divorce, if you're the father of yeah, the person no. getting disingenuous, divorced, wasn't to it? Get it? You have to pick. No, a side. but okay. So but here's he was question. trying to punish you, her for not being there. You know, he's saying, yeah, yeah, I'm I, not here, I, and that's why you didn't get that advice. And the helicopter yeah. move. I mean. Oh yeah, the helicopter move was. was I was. Just, I love the pettiness of some of the slights mm-hmm. when when there's conflict. The the writers do a great job of coming up with the the most incredible minor petty way <laughs> that they wage war against each other. Uh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Axe that chopper. They can fucking walk. <laughs> well, this is a a real life. There's a real life corollary, corollary too now, right? Because Sofia Coppola's daughter. She oh my god! That, yes, for, for trying to, to book a helicopter to, to see her camp friends in Maryland, <laughs> and that was kiboshed by her parents. So it's a very similar. They, story. they grounded her. It's basically the same. <laughs> it's the same story. It's basically exactly the same. <laughs> Literally grounded. Her. Um, what favorite lines, people? Um, Elizabeth, do you have like a favorite line? Yeah, mine really was the Greg's. It's like Jaws. If everyone in Jaws worked for Jaws. <laughs> And then he asks, you know, Tom, so he's, he's Logan's just going to be hanging around now. And Tom says, yep, hanging around like the threat of nuclear war. <laughs> that was a good line. Wonderful. I liked this one because I'm going to use it the next time I have to apologize. Apologize. I'm going to say, look, I don't do apologies, but if it means so much to you, then sorry. <laughs> that I heard and was like, that is literally something that they say on Real Housewives. Like, Logan is a housewife. 
Incredible apology. Just Incredible. No notes. Um, the line that made me laugh the most was the fucking pirates line. But and I and I and I I like the Jaws line too. But I did think that the line that they teased in the trailer when Greg and Tom are talking and they're like about Carrie's audition tape and how they're in a teller and Tom says it's like Israel and Palestine, but much more delicate and much more important. That's <laughs> 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 really great. <laughs> um, I I don't know. There were so, there there were. I, I think my favorite one is that I'm a plant that grows on rocks, rocks and feasts on insects that grow inside me. But there was also that throwaway line from Logan at the end, which was so good, where he's like, this city, the rats are as fat as, as, fat as skunks. It's like... <laughs> they don't even run anymore. They don't even run anymore. Yeah, they barely feel the need to run anymore. It's just like... <laughs> That oh, he was so angry because he knew everyone was mad at him. Carrie's mad at him. The kids are mad at him. He's kind of like in a desolate place. Yeah, and then he calls Roman, and Marsha is off shopping Marsh- in Milan forever. Definitely, <laughs> forever. Got to get her back. Wait, wh- what was the line you picked? I had a thought about it. I wanted to bring Israel it. Palestine. Oh, it, the fact that it was such delicate diplomacy just reminded me of how much it sucks to be a manager or a boss because I feel like half the work is doing that, breaking news to people in delicate ways that doesn't offend them. That is quite literally the work of most bosses most of the time. Or an editor when they're yes. like, lots of good stuff lots here. Of good stuff. <laughs> lots but of good stuff. I think you're going to need to rewrite it. <laughs> so, okay. I mean. Really good job. Lots of good stuff. As, as a, you know, former boss who had to do that kind of thing Emily yes what what grade would you give Greg for what for his uh, I mean I actually want to hear what Elizabeth says so I'll go quick I would give him like a but yeah I would give him like a like a C minus to a D it was pretty bad totally unclear sort of clear but... well Kerry got the message <laughs> I, I think uh, for a first timer who was given absolutely no direction from he got Tom, direction like from Tom. Tom told him not what to do. really. I mean, he he basically you know normally if you had a first time manager and they had to fire someone or deliver bad news, you would prep them and tell them exactly what to say. And Tom was just like, "Hey, you can do it." But his, <laughs> but Tom's strategy was good. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you mapped out this conversation." Like, yeah. I mean, I think we forget. Tom like worked worked and slept his way to the top. Yeah, right? like, yeah. he's he's no dummy. Yeah, he actually has experience. Yeah, he's a man. I mean, working. I was like, oh, he's a manager. He's like, <laughs> you yeah, know, Tom exactly. It's kind of impressive that you know it's Tom on one side and Sid on the other and Logan and Tom's like, can I kiss you or whatever? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but Tom. You know, even after his marriage has fallen apart, is still actually important at ATN. He still has a real job. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. He he managed to do it. He pulled it off. He doesn't have one of those like fake jobs like Roman had. The disgusting yeah. brothers are running ATN. <laughs> I guess maybe even Greg has a real job yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah, and and if he you know if it doesn't work out, he's the fallback is the Buffalo. The Buffalo job. Oh, but not anymore because the deal's going to go through. Oh, the theme park. Uh, the theme park. Yeah, yeah he's he can always just go and run the theme park in Buffalo. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. No, you should. Yeah, we need more theme park content. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so predictions for next episode. Obviously, the it'll be the wedding, right? I'm feeling like a classic, yeah, like a classic succession wedding and a classic succession board meeting, perhaps. Oh, do you think they squeeze both into one episode? I don't know. No, I think that I think you're right that the board meeting gets delayed by Logan. Logan is busy meeting with Matt, and so there's a lot of questions about whether he's going to show up to the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendall falls off the wagon, maybe, maybe not. He, we kind of happened already in season one, so we don't need to have that one again in season yeah, four. Yeah, I don't need to see him going on another bender. No one needs that, right? This could be this could be Willa's chance to have some histrionics. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I do agree that the Gojo deal falls apart, but maybe not in like I think maybe it's a two parter, right? Like this next episode is going to be all about the visit with Madsen Mm. and Logan's not going to be at the wedding, which is going to be like an emotional through line. If if Madsen is in Europe, then just logistically speaking, Logan can't. There, there won't even be that question of will he or won't he make the wedding because the minute that we see him in Italy or wherever, like that's it, he's not at the wedding. Yeah, which also, maybe, which maybe makes Connor do some like, I don't know, switching sides. I don't know how much like could that be a vote 
for like for the kids? Or could or could like Connor's mum come out of the woodwork? <gasps> Oh yeah. That would be <gasps> yeah. What a slap in the face. He's not even go to go to Connor's wedding, but he like threw that elaborate English wedding for Shiv, you know? Just... And Roman won't be at the wedding either, ostensibly if he's going with yeah. Logan. Poor Connor. Yeah, Roman wants Roman wants to get in back in t- with Logan, but also actually genuinely wants to go to Connor's wedding. He has yeah. poor Roman's conflicted. Everyone has terrible choices ahead of them. <laughs> Become a billionaire or just stay really, really rich. Find out next week. But there's no, there's yeah, there's no scenario in which they aren't all really, really rich by the end. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. No, all, totally, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's like the difference between being a billionaire and a multi-billionaire. Well, it's the difference between having actual billions or hundreds of millions of money which you can spend versus being a passive shareholder with stock you can't sell in a company that you don't control. Right. You know, they, they they can still keep themselves in private jets, but it's not like they can't go out and buy Pierce. Right. Right. Yeah, there are limits, I guess. Boundaries that they can't cross. Yeah. Yeah. Keep us informed with all of your predictions. Slate Money at Slate.com. We want to know what you think is going to happen. Um, many thanks to Claire Malone for coming on. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for, for having me. Awesome this was a lot of fun. having you. And yeah, thanks to Patrick Fort down in DC for producing. Thanks for Ben Richmond for doing all manner of clever button pushing in New York. We will be back on Saturday with a regular Slate Money and back the following Monday with yet more Slate Money Succession. <laughs> 